Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ooh, spicy. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. The Football Friday, Dibs. I love it. It's one of my favorite Football Fridays, although I'm filled with some sadness. Why? Because you start to like realize how many games are remaining. Well, what is it? So it's six this weekend. Fourteen, Mark. Uh huh. Seven this weekend. Seven. Six. Six. <laughs> I almost swore. Yeah. Six. So we're down to uh, thirteen. Uh, six, well, four, two, and one. Yeah. 13. Well, it's got to be 13 because gotta you, be. You elim- there's 14 teams and one will be left. There you have it. So 13 elimination games. So it's joy because I love this weekend with <clears throat> six games, <clears throat> but also sadness because we're down to 13. If it makes you feel better, technically one of the six is not on the weekend. Although it's a three-day weekend, so you get into a little bit of a semantics right. play. Yeah. Uh, but the Eagles and Bucks will play on Monday. And I know I have a read here, uh, and then I'll weigh in on how I feel about that Monday night game. <laughs> Brought to you by First 5 California. To learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress, go to first5california.com. I don't like it, Mark. I don't like having a Monday night playoff game because it gives that team a noted disadvantage going into their next game. And I know that the Monday winner won't play until Sunday, but that still is one fewer day than the other teams will get, and I think that that's unfair, and I think it's unnecessary. That bothers me more than the Peacock thing that's going on tomorrow. Well, what if we talked about the fact that, uh, let's see, who played the, uh, didn't the Texans Defeat the Colts to win the division last Saturday. Right? So then the team that they're playing played on Sunday. Right. So they got an extra day. Which is equally ridiculous. That bothers you. It bothers me this time of year. Okay. And it's one of the things that I love about the English Premier League and international soccer in general. When you get to the World Cup and you get to the third match in any of the groups, they play the games at the exact same time. So it's a simultaneous start. Therefore, there are no chance for shenanigans. And I think that this time of year, you should all be on even footing. There should be no advantage. Even though one day is not a huge advantage, it's still an advantage. I mean, it's technically impossible because you've got Saturday games. 
Um, I mean, are you suggesting that all of the games should be on Sunday? You would set up a situation no. where you would have simultaneous games. You could have the Saturday games be AFC, and then the Saturday games next weekend would be AFC, and you could have the Sunday be NFC, and, and then, then the cha- Sunday be NFC. And then Championship Sunday will automatically have teams that got to have an extra day. No, because the AFC teams would each have the same extra day, right. and the NFC teams would have the same lack of an extra day. Yeah. It'd be the same. Yeah, same I same. Guess. I guess. Um, again, it's not going to get me to not tune in. Yeah. I just I think know. that it's... It feels it's, splitting hairs a little bit. Well, and again, the NFL is always going to do things for money yeah. first. Yeah, well, it's TV. It's TV. Right. you got a holiday on Monday. They'd like to put a game on. It's going to be very, very watched. Sure. It'll be watched no matter what, though. Yeah. As we talked about well, last... Not, if it's, you not know, if it's on Peacock. You shared the tweet where 93 of the top 100 shows were NFL games, and one of the other seven that weren't was a game after the Super Bowl, and three of the other seven were college football games. So all but three of the top 100 most viewed shows were football games. (laughs) So you could put it on Wednesday at noon, and it would get viewed. Yeah, it would. It would. But, um, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, And I think that that's going to be a really interesting game for the 49ers because I do believe that Baker Mayfield uh, is going to come to Levi Stadium next Sunday. I believe that that's the way it's going to be. The Niners will host the Bucks uh, in uh, nine days. That's my prediction. It'll be Sunday, yeah. You yeah. think? Well, it would have to be because the Bucks played on Monday, so, yep. so they automatically get a Sunday game, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I think it's going to be uh, the Rams come to town. It's going to be uh, Eagles, Cowboys, and it's going to be Rams and Niners. Wow, you and I are totally opposed yep. on, uh, on on double divisional matchup. I think Philadelphia. Games. I think they write the ship, and they go to Tampa, and they win that game. Okay, okay. Oh, there it is, Dibs. I love that. I it's love already that 5 o'clock. Yeah, because it's Friday at 5 o'clock, except for this time it's not Friday at 5 o'clock because it's Friday at 3 o'clock. But we get to do uh, like it's 5 o'clock because the Warriors play at uh, at 5 o'clock. Warriors are in Chicago. The 3 o'clock pop is brought to you by Farmers Brewing Company. Whatever time it is, wherever you are, join us as we get ready for this weekend, which feels a little nerve-wracking for the Warriors. Uh, very relaxing for the 49ers. They will just watch football like the rest of us. We're going to be doing it while sipping on their unfiltered wheat ale called 530. It's late hop to produce a slight citrus floral aroma and flavor. You should grab a six-pack from Farmer's Brewing at your nearest grocery store and enjoy the weekend with us and the beer uh, right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, you ready to hear this? I am. This is from the Oddball Podcast. Amin El Hassan, ah. who is uh, really good. I love Amin. Big fan. And um, he had this to say to Warriors fans who booed. By the way, I'd like to point out that from 1994 to 2013, the Warriors made the playoffs one time. So respectfully to everyone in the Bay Area, everyone who claims to be a Warriors fan, when you say we're not used to this, I say go f*** yourself. You were defined by this for damn near 20 years. 20 years. Your high point was an eight seed winning one round of playoff basketball. Who the f*** are you to all of a sudden be the wine and cheese crowd? Like, we're not used to this peasantry. What? 
You defined it! Before the We Believe Warriors, you know what the Warriors are most known for? Their player choking the coach in practice. That's who the Warriors were. Foreshadowing? Sorry. <laughs> well done. Amino Hassan will join us in 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. I mean, that that's strong. And I, I appreciate what he's saying because unlike you, Amin, I was there. For those those years, so and was I. Yep. Yes, you were just a a young kid. I mean, a sweet little pup. And yep. I don't know if he's a Warrior fan or if he's not a Warrior fan. And I know this that in '94 I was already a grown man and I was going to a ton of games because it's what I did. And we suffered through all those years, and even before that, we suffered, and it was no good. You had run TMC. And that was a nice little brief thing. And then you had the Chris Weber experience where the organization chose Don Nelson instead of Weber, and that didn't work out. And then, yeah, all those years of PJ and Cowens and Adelman and Musselman and all the rest of it, it was awful. So I'm with you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't, as a fan, express your feelings and emotions about your current team. I do think that there are, is a divide, though, between the fan that remembers those days and the fans who are now showing up expecting a championship every year. Well, okay, a couple things there. Uh, because I think that what's going to get center focus is the start of the conversation, which was what do you think about Warriors fans who boo? But if you really listen to what he just said, he wasn't actually coming at Warrior fans for booing. He was coming at Warriors fans for the greater issue, which is stating, well, we don't even know what this is like. So that means we get to act differently than a different fan base because we're not used to this. Um, That's different than booing. That's more sort of a conceptual feel to the whole process. And, And here's what I would say. There's a blanket over this idea for me. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you want to boo, um, then boo. Like, you bought your ticket. I kind of think it's usually stupid. I don't know what the hell you get out of it. Maybe you're just releasing some endorphins or something like that. Sure. But I, it, it's not very effective. And I would argue that if you're a fan of your team, uh, there is zero evidence that booing helps. So, I, But if you want to express your displeasure... That is completely your right. That's completely your right. So take that whole sort of, like even somebody just said on YouTube, don't boo-shame us. Take the boo-shaming out of it and make it a larger concept, which is to say, should you feel this entitled? I think that's what Amin is saying. You shouldn't feel this entitled. And he's right. Well, entitled he's, to what? He's a hundred percent right. Entitled to entitled to, like, to in, show up and see your team win every night? Of course not. Or or even entitled to to say that what has taken place with these Golden State Warriors is like nefarious and ignorant. And it's just been a damn shame that they've allowed this to happen. I don't think it, I, it has to be that deep. Well, I but think I it's think it is for as, the fan that's booing. I think it's as simple what as... What is the fan booing? The fan is booing what he sees. Okay. He or she sees. And what does he or she see? You're seeing a lackluster team playing lethargic, uninspired, bad basketball. What if they're just not good? 
Well, I, I think, think that's that, a key question. I don't think that you boo because your team is just not that good. Well, you go in with an expectation, and your expectation when you go to a Warrior game is that you're going to see good basketball players play well or play hard and compete. And you know what? If they don't win, at least it'll feel like they gave a good game effort. And when you go out and you give up a buck 40 to a New Orleans team that is pretty good, they're good. Yeah, it's a good basketball team. But you give up a buck 40, and by and large, your team looks lackluster and lethargic. You're frustrated. But why do they look lackluster and lethargic? My point is that I think it means... Well, they're better than that. Uh, well, I don't know that. That's I, what, that's what I, I think don't know the that. fan thinks. I know, and that's the point. I think that's what Amin and others on a national level are topping into is the sort of underbelly arrogance that comes along with the booing. Because if you're booing, the presuppose is, is that you're actually good enough to beat the Pelicans, but you're not trying. It's, it, it, well, you're good enough to be better than that. And the reason why we didn't boo in 94 I don't know and that. 98, the reason why we didn't boo in 01 or in 03 is because you went to the game and you knew that they stunk. And you knew they stunk, and you went because you liked basketball, you liked Bimbo Coles, <laughs> you liked Vontigo Cummings, and you thought, Those are good you know what, maybe maybe the Warriors win tonight. Maybe, yeah. maybe I get to see one of the... 19, 21, 19, or 17 wins. That was four consecutive years. They were plucky. And I was there. Amin probably wasn't there. I don't know Amin's background, but I was there. And when you went to one of those games, when you saw a Warriors win under Dave Cowens, who was 8 and 15, or Brian Winters, who picked up the pieces and went 13 and 46, it was almost like a quad to candlestick. Oh. Remember the quad to candlestick? <laughs> I had a whole hat full of them. You're darn right you did, because you went to candlestick for Giants games, and if you got extra innings, you got a button on the way out that was the quad de candlestick. And I had an absolute disease in terms of leaving early. I would not let anybody Correct. leave early ever. Even though those Giants teams, and I'm I'm guessing that you were there in probably 82, sure. 83. Finish 80, and the answer is yes. They stunk. They were terrible. Yeah, 86. We Ooh, would do a bunch of games with Raven. Mike Kruko. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Mike Kruko's 20-game year, we went to like 25 games. Tom Avakumovitz, Rick Barsotti, Steve Rabb, myself, we drove from Marin. We got Gordo's burritos, the whole deal. But when you got an extra inning game, you got a quad to candlestick button, it was special. When you went to a Warrior game in that era and you saw a win, it felt like that. Yeah, you were like, what? But you didn't boo. (laughs) You didn't boo because they were bad. You boo now because you expect more than what you're getting. And when you give up a buck 40 to New Orleans... I don't boo because I'm not that guy. Okay. But some fans who aren't used to Brian Winters and Dave Cowens and E. Muss and all the rest of it, they're used to a different standard, so they boo. Right, but that's the word. They expect something different. But should they? They should. I don't know if I agree with that. The team says that they, Steve Kerr says. Who cares what they say? They're telling us. They're signaling to us as fans that they still think they're good. Since when are you listening to words and ignoring actions? They're in a championship window. If if somebody tells you all day long, I'm the most loyal person ever and I'll never let you down, and then every single time that you have a lunch date set with them, they don't show up, what's louder to you? Well, you know what happens then? What? I boo them. Okay. Do you? I boo them. (laughs) 
if you and I make plans, amazing. If you and I make plans for lunch, and you don't show up, okay, I'm gonna give you a second chance. Okay. If we make plans again and you don't show up, you're getting a phone call, okay, or you're getting a nasty and, text, or you're firmly worded email. And when I pick up the phone, it's just gonna be you being like, "Whoa!" Totally. Boo! That's what I'm gonna do to you tomorrow. Do it. <laughs> I dare you. You know what? You won't. You you absolutely won't. You shouldn't. You I you can. You can. You, oh, God. you think that I'm an obnoxious radio co-host? Oh, I know. Just you wait to I see me in the stripes. You gonna, don't know obnoxious no. until you see the dibber with a you, ma- with a with a whistle. You know me. I'm gonna do it the other way. I'm gonna give you like a standing oh every time somebody. Yep, that ball's it's going that worse. way. That's an amazing call. That's incredible, ref. We love you, ref. Anyway, you will anyway, sit there I quietly. Digress. Listen, I'm I'm asking these questions to push the conversation for sure. Um, little right, little bit devil's advocate here. Sure, but I wonder if you understand why some of the outsiders feel the way they do. And I've heard this from a lot of people, for instance, who live here now, but they didn't grow up here. I was driving around this morning, and a nice lady from Minnesota called in. To, uh, I can't even remember if it was the roast. I think it was by the time FP and, and Evan were in here. A woman from It was. And a woman from Minnesota calls in and she goes, ever since I moved here, I thought you all were a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> because I grew up in Minnesota. We never won anything. Anything. You guys have got 10 years of three championships, three championships, NFC Championship invite seemingly is just sitting there omnipresent, going to the Super Bowl, and you're the one seed right now. You've had all of that in 11, 12 years, and you have the gall to call up radio stations and be mad? I heard someone actually, the very next caller was like, yeah, you know what? This is what I've been angry about for the Warriors and the way they've been conducting themselves for the last three years. And I'm like, what was it about the championship that you hated so much? There is some truth to it. Can we shine the light on ourselves for a moment? For sure. Are we acting a little snooty? If you boo uh, this Warrior team, I don't know if it's snooty as much as it is just being clueless. Disrespectful. It's being clueless. Yes. And it's, sure, I went to the game, and I mentioned it before in the crossover with FP, and neither one of us was that impressed with the product we saw. Neither one of us, and FP's not going to ever boo because he's a former pro athlete, sure. and he knows what that means. What and it feels like. Even myself, as a noted heckler and a smart aleck, I'm not a booer. I just don't. I don't do that. I'm more prone to heckle than I am to boo. And when I'm in the 27th row, there's no sense in heckling. I got to preserve my voice. So I'm not going to boo. But fans who do boo, you have every right to boo. I just wonder why at this point you would boo. I mean, this if they were Listen. if they were 20 and 57, and they went out and they lost to New Orleans like that. Okay, it might be a little bit of a different story. This season is far from over. You're going to boo in January with a team that's three games below? That I don't get. Um, Just know. Like, again, I think you and I are on the same page. You want to buy a ticket and boo? Buy a ticket and boo. Sure. Don't be mad if the rest of the world thinks that you're a jerk, thinks that you're expectant, entitled, and, uh, and snooty. That's how it comes off.
to a lot of people. And I think that's what I mean. That's why he's like cuss. He came out like cussing at cussing. Him. And I mean, don't don't cuss on our air. Come on, I mean. No, I'm fine. Clean it up. I'm fine. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Um, on, a, on an F-bomb Friday? Yeah, what the hell? Sure. Um, all right, we'll see if we can get some calls in on this. Let's and Am- do it. Amin is going to join us, but uh, we do have the defensive play of the week. It's brought to you by East Bay Law Practice. When you need the best defense, you need to call the Bay Area's top criminal defense attorney. Visit eastbaylawpractice.com today. Let's go back to Wednesday night. The Warriors lost to the Pelicans by 4,332 points, and the Chase Center crowd didn't like it, so they booed for the second straight game. Steph Curry clearly not happy about his and the team's performance, but he defended... Those of you who decided to boo. There's nothing to really cheer about, so opposite of cheering is booing, might as well. I don't take it any certain type of way. Honestly, I'm booing myself, booing our our you know team in my head because of the way we're playing. So, you know, it is what it is. Fans are gonna react the way that they want. It's our job to, you know, give them something to cheer about. We have not done that. PR one oh one. I mean, Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, whatever you think about either of them at any point portion of their career they are brilliant at diffusing when there is an energetic question right yeah how are you going to clap back at Steph when he comes out and disarms you with yeah you know I'd boo me too I booed myself you know I don't know if you saw it but I missed a three and I immediately started booing and I was booing myself so I don't know how you're going to come back at him when he does that. Defensive Play of the Week brought to you by East Bay Law Practice. East Bay Law Practice knows how to go the distance for you by providing the defense you need to help reduce or eliminate your penalties. Visit eastbaylawpractice.com today. Amin El Hassan in five minutes. He's in Chicago for the game. He's in there covering the Warrior game tonight. Let's go to um, let's go to George in Fremont. Hey, George, you're on with Willard and Dibbs. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. I just... I just can't believe that these uh, people are booing them two days, uh, two games in a row. It it just drives me crazy. It's like they don't remember all the bad times that we've gone through with the Warriors. I mean, I come from the the Clifford Ray days, mm. and I, I'm I'm still relatively young. I'm 58, and I I can't believe that. It's like. You don't remember that? <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't, George. Yeah, they don't, George. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a 35-year-old basketball fan right now, you're asking them to have been dialed in um, and, like, feeling the pain from before they were in college. So maybe they don't remember. Oh, I oh my God. I, I, I even remember going to Giant Games at Candlestick, and we might not like the games that we were watching, but at the end, we would always say, hey, we still love you guys. We still love you. No doubt. And those Warrior teams, and thank you for the phone call, I'm with you in terms of Clifford Ray was, <laughs> he was a god in our house. And, you know, I grew up during the uh, the Clifford Ray Warriors where he was one of the bright spots on teams that usually weren't very good in the 70s. 38 wins, 24 wins, 39 wins. You were not a playoff team. You were not a threat. And even if you went to the game, you didn't go out there and, and you didn't boo anybody. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not into it either. But I also I get it. I get 
how this sounds to others like Amin El Hassan, who joins us next in Chicago. Um, he is covering the game, and he is not happy with you, Warrior fans. Warriors do take on the Bulls right here on 95.7 The Game. At 5 o'clock, Warriors Live is going to start at 4. Dibs and I will start that out for you. It's brought to you by Xfinity, the Xfinity 10G Network, made for streaming live sports. We'll get back to your calls, and Amin El Hassan joins us next on Willard and Dibs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, mood all turned up. It's a Friday. Yeah. Uh, wild card weekend. Warriors about to play. Yeah, Bulls. And uh, the Giants signed a pitcher. <clears throat> yeah, they did. Yep. The Giants signed a reliever and paid him $11 million a year. Good stuff, Farhan. To not be a reliever. Sure. Sure. Unless they change their mind in May. Right. <laughs> Guy started uh, eight games in, in his career. In his career. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, of his 212 appearances, eight have been starts. Um, but he's And those fi- were not this year, but the yeah. year before. Fireballer. Throws really, really hard. Fireball. I got, I got, yeah, I got a quick take we can do a little bit later on on that. But uh, let's talk to Amin El Hassan, who is in Chicago, getting ready for Warriors Bulls. Um, but before we bring him in, let's let you hear one more time what he said on the Oddball podcast via Meadowlark with regard to all you Dubs fans who booed the last two games. By the way, I'd like to point out that from 1994 to 2013, the Warriors made the playoffs one time. So, respectfully to everyone in the Bay Area, everyone who claims to be a Warriors fan, when you say we're not used to this, I say go f*** yourself. You were defined by this for damn near 20 years. 20 years! Your high point was an eight seed winning one round of playoff basketball. Who the f*** 
are you to all of a sudden be the wine and cheese crowd? Like, we're not used to this peasantry. What? You defined it. Before the We Believe Warriors, you know what the Warriors are most known for? Their player choking the coach in practice. That's who the Warriors were. Foreshadowing? Sorry. Well done. All right. Yeah, speaking of well done, it's a good rant. Uh, Amin joins us now. We want to squeeze in the breaking news that Moses Moody will miss the road trip. Okay. Uh, Steve Kerr has announced that he will be out at least four games with his calf injury, so no Moses Moody in any of these four games on the trip. But now, uh, let's go ahead and bring in Amin El Hassan. Hey there, man. Why why all the energy for Warriors fans? I guess it, it was something very irritating about hearing – you know, them boo and Steph Curry say, I would have booed us too. And Steve Curry saying, I would have booed us too. And all, all this talk about booing. And I guess for me, they told me years ago, years ago, people said, watch, when they move from Oakland to San Francisco, it's going to change. I said, no, it's not. It's like a subway ride. You go, okay, you're going to games here, you're going to go games over there. Like everyone was commuting anyway. No one was living right around the arena. Everyone was commuting. I was like, no, it's not going to change. And lo and behold, it's changed. I remember. I remember that stretch of years that I'm talking that I was talking about there, twenty year period roughly. Going to Warriors games, the Warriors would win twenty games, twenty five games, the arena was full. It was one of the loudest arenas. It was one of the hardest buildings to play in. Hardest to, to play in. And now these are the people who are booing Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Steve Kerr? There there was a part of me that was just offended on behalf of the city. I don't know what I was offended on. Was I offended on behalf of the Warriors? Was I offended on behalf of the city of Oakland? Was I offended on behalf of the uh, legacy of ineptitude that these people seem to have forgotten? One of these things flew over everybody's head in that building. I get it. The team hasn't been playing well. I'm not saying you got to like it. But when you take the step of booing, booing people have brought – most of those people, the happiest moments, well, <laughs> the happiest moments of their life, that, that, that to me is next level disrespectful and also kind of like um, unappreciative at all. Yeah, and you're not wrong in that sentiment, I mean, but these are not the same people that were in Oakland during those years. And yeah. I was among the people who was in Oakland all those years. I'm born and raised here, and I suffered through all of it. And... Part of the, the move, it's more than geography, and I know that you are familiar with the demographics of East Bay yeah. versus Peninsula. So these mm-hmm. people, the people who have seen nine of the last 11 years as a playoff team and four times in the championship and two times not winning the championship but being in mm-hmm. the finals, these are not the same people. So it's tough for me when you say what you said, even though you were spot on in terms of the sentimentality of your statement, it's a completely different demographic no. now. I, I, and I, I thought, you know, Damon Bruce and all those guys told me a long time ago, it's going to change. And I said, ah, come on. I, I was like, you guys are overblowing it. You guys are overblowing it. it. Like, I was like, in my mind, foolishly, I thought about it like if Madison Square Garden moved to Queens. All right, like, what's the deal? Or if it moved to Jersey. Like, what's this? this the same people. We all live in the same area. We go to the same places. Like it, it, it did not hit me that the demographic. I know what the demographic difference is in East Bay and the Peninsula. It didn't hit me that the demographics would change inside the building. I thought 
ultimately the building was still going to be a melting pot of the entire Bay Area, and I was dastardly wrong, I guess. I mean, let me ask it this way, because at the core of your point, it sounds like when you say, how are you booing these people who have who have helped give you some of your favorite moments, how does that translate to someone, in your opinion, like Draymond Green, who's been a big part of that, but then also presents this other side to him that is really starting to turn people off? So yeah. should, should they be blindly loyal to him? Uh, no, because I think in that case, so when you talk about Steph and Clay and, and Kerr and Looney and whoever was been around for the other for the good glory days, who's now playing or coaching, like those people are, are doing their best, right? And you know what? It's not good enough. There are a lot of injuries. There are a lot of uh, you know inconsistencies in the lineups. There's a lot of reasons why. But like you know, Seth goes out there. We don't think Seth's dogging it. I don't think Clay's dogging it out there, right? Now, when it comes to Draymond, I think there's a difference between not playing well and doing things that actively impact your team negatively by not being available. And so I think in some way, yes, he deserves some ire because some of this failure that's happening right now is on him. He's been missing for, you know, 14, however many games it's been. So, yes, he does deserve to be maligned for that, right? And held accountable for that. But he wasn't in the building. They weren't chanting F you Draymond or Draymond, this is your fault. They booed the guys that were out there trying to win the game. And again, like if this were look, if this were Detroit, I'd be like, yeah, you guys are like this this is unacceptable. No one should be this bad. The team needs to be better from the from the top all the way down to the guys on the floor. But that's not the case here, man. It's a team that's underachieving for sure not up to championship caliber but also like have had their fair share of adversity that's preventing them from being as good as they could be and again if you want to say hey Draymond this is your fault that's cool but then you need to direct them like in the words of my man Stephen Jackson you need to put a name and an address on those boos you can't just throw out boos willy-nilly Right, and that's kind of uh, what fans do. And I was a little surprised myself, I mean, in terms of the booing for a team that's just three games below five hundred, And as I yeah. mentioned, four championships and, you know, nine playoff appearances in 11 years. But do you think that the booing is indicative of the fans maybe looking at this team and seeing where this thing is heading and perhaps the, the dynasty drawing to an inextricable close? I mean... Maybe. I mean, there, 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 again, there's entitlement. There's definitely a sense of entitlement that I bought a ticket to the greatest show on earth, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting that. Um, but there is another part of it where there is, like, maybe there's a trepidation of, like, oh, man, this is what the window shutting looks like. This is what it feels like. But I can't think – like, I'm, I think about so many teams that went through that, where they were, like, great dynasties, and then it kind of sputtered at the end. And whenever the people responsible were out there towards the end, the crowd usually gives them, like, the, the thank you ovation. Like, guys, I know it's over, but thank you for all the memories. You know, you have exceptions, like, I'm in Chicago right now. They, they didn't have the chance to do that because Jerry Krause went from uh, parade to starting Dragon Tarlac and Dalibor Baggery to names like that. So people in Chicago never got that opportunity to say thank you for everything. And tonight they're doing a Ring of Honor celebration to uh, induct the 95-96 Bulls as well as 
Johnny Red Kerr and a bunch of other artists, Gilmore, a lot of other Bulls luminaires into their ring of honor tonight. But that that's a different situation. Like when you, if, however frustrated you are, however, like, oh my God, it's over. You're feeling as a Warriors fan. To me, until Steph Curry says "f you," I never liked it here anyway. You gotta applaud that man every single time he walks on the court, even if they lose by a hundred every game from here on out. As long as he's playing and he's respecting the game, you respect him. You respect what he does. Because, again, the best moments of your miserable life have come <laughs> thanks to that guy and, and uh, the guy running. That hit real close to no. home, I mean. <laughs> Amin Hassan is joining us here on Willard and Dibs 95.7 The Game. Some choice comments for Warriors fans booing on the Oddball podcast. I mean, you got any ideas on how to fix the Warriors? Oh, now, now we're talking. Let's go. Now we're talking. Mike Dunleavy's got a lot of work to do. Here's, here's like, in a perfect world, I call up my guy Doc Brown. We get into the, the DeLorean. We go back a couple years ago. Uh, championship, win it. That summer, you got to trade all the young guys. They had just played well. You know, like, oh, this, you, you got to trade them. You got to package those guys and go get Pascal Siakam or some other defined player. I, this is my favorite NBA trope, right? Whenever they say, but this guy's really good. He could be really good. I said, how good could he be? So he could be here as good as Pascal Siakam at least or even better. I'm like, okay, you could get a guy who might be as good as Pascal Siakam one day or you could get Pascal Siakam right now. You get them right now. And for the Warriors, who were within their window, they flew too close to the sun. They wanted to do this thing where it's like, we're going to win championships and develop our future. And the reality is, it's, it's hard. It's damn near impossible. Show me an example of someone who's done that in the last 25 years in the NBA, in our sport, where they've developed the future simultaneously while winning titles. The closest thing would have been like, the 86 Celtics drafting Len Bias and having mm. Reggie Lewis and those guys, and obviously we know that didn't turn out the way it was supposed to. But point being, this is hard, man. So the, the game is always the game, and, and, and this goes out to Joe Lacob and, and all the, the owners that have come in as disruptors. I know you think you can do it better than anyone else has ever done, and everyone, all the old people have done it are, are dumb. They don't know what they're doing, and, oh, you could do both and be in light years ahead. But this thing is really hard to do, win championships. So when you have a window that's open for it, you go full throttle to hell with the future. You win as many as you can in that window. And when it's exhausted, it's exhausted. You say, thank you, everyone, for the memories, and we start over. That's the only way to do it. And they had that opportunity in that moment. They just won a championship. Their guys were riding high. Those young guys had played pivotal roles, small pivotal roles. That's the time where you say, I'm going to sell high. I'm going to get established guys to keep this thing going. Because, and I know I'm running long here, but when you think about the Warriors team that won the titles, we think about Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD. Absolutely. They're stars. They're, they're beyond amazing top 75 players, et cetera. But the other thing that was really important was you had a supporting cast that was all really smart, really high IQ vets, not young guys. Those guys, you might have an Ian Clark here, a mm. Patrick McCall there, but the majority of your minutes, <laughs> Sean Livingston, yeah. Andrew Bogut, David West, Leandro Barbosa, David Lee, Zaza Pachulia, uh, you go down the list, Andre Iguodala. Iguodala. Oh, these are guys, uh, Otto Porter, uh, it, with this most recent one, right? All guys who have been around the league, knew what they were doing, knew how to play. Not guys like, I'm trying to prove that I'm really good too. Like, no, it wasn't that. 
They didn't have, I'm trying to do it. I'm just, I'm just going to step. They didn't have that energy. They had, hey, we're here to get something done. And that means i got to take a step back. That means i got to focus on this thing. That means I've got to be a much lesser version of myself than I've been in my career and that I could probably be right now. I'll do it. That's what helped them win championships beyond the greatness of the talent at the top. A little Fredo Corleone in that uh, rant with, uh, I can do things, Mike. I'm smart. That was good, I mean. I like that. That was strong. So the key to the two timelines was a bridge player in Andrew Wiggins. But, oh, boy, that didn't really seem to work out. What do you think and what does the league abroad think of Andrew Wiggins in this moment in terms of the trade deadline in 27 days? It's, it's like, for me, Wiggins, Wiggins has never, like, he played his best basketball those two, three years, right? Like, there was a, a rehabilitation, if you will, of him coming from Minnesota that first year when the Warriors were terrible and it was a lot of him learning and sitting next to guys and learning. And then the next year played really well and then obviously played really well in the championship year. He was an all-star, but I think that was more a function of Warriors being really good and him putting up good numbers rather than him truly being like one of the best forwards. To me, bridge player had to be someone who could jump to the next echelon, who's showing the ability to be like a, a, a major feature player. I don't have to say franchise player, but a major feature player. To me, Wiggins was always in at his best being a rich man's Harrison Barnes, a high-level role player, defends, versatile, hits shots, and, uh, and, and in big moments sometimes can have a burst that takes you over the top. He was never, okay, and now the keys are yours, okay, or, or you're, the, you're our number two best player. Yeah, I never got that vibe, not even at his best. So for that to be the plan for the transition, I don't, maybe I'm a pessimist. I never saw that in him, but... I mean, now as we stand it here, I think the league looks at him like he's Andrew Wiggins under contract for several years because they, they gave him that deal. And so do you want this guy? What can he do for you as a team? Um, is this for an up-and-coming team? Is he the vet that's going to lead an up and coming? I don't think he's that kind of guy. He's going to lead young guys. Is he the missing piece on a championship team? Maybe. But if he were the missing piece, maybe the Warriors could have used him a little better. Amin Al Hassan, now I was going to boo you on your way out, mm. uh, but then you have provided us with one of the greatest moments in the history of our show, and so now I'm told that we're not allowed to. You know what? I could take, I'm like Clay, I could take the boos. I don't care. You're not, you're <laughs> not going to lose sleep? You're going to lose sleep, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to lose sleep. Boo! Boo! boo. <laughs> All right, Amin. Thanks, All man. Right, thanks a lot, guys. All right, All there right. he goes. That's Amin Al Hassan. Um, oddball podcast. Don't you dare boo the Warriors, you entitled SOBs. It's an interesting take, huh? and it's one that many people have had, and it's definitely a new Warrior fan take I- versus, you know, if you're a Warrior fan who's been around for the times in Oracle and the times before they even became a championship team, I think it's tougher for you to sit there and boo. Um, I agree with that, and I also, like, again, I think two things can uh, can both be said here. One, you buy a ticket, man, as long as you're not doing anything to mess with everybody around you, as long as you're not stealing anything, you know, rock out with your Brock out. You're fine. You're fine. You bought the ticket. You can go conduct yourself as, as you see fit. Uh, but I also think... Uh, Good people turn the mirror on themselves at times. And whether it's just to be self-deprecating or self-aware, 
Those are all really good things. And if you're booing the Warriors, um, yeah, you're a little entitled. You're a little. It, it, it's gonna at minimum. I'm gonna say it's gonna come off. It's gonna come off as spoiled. And I think that that is a completely fair statement. Yeah. And uh, I mean, entitled, and I think it's just short-sighted in terms of where you've been. And it feels to me like a new fan experience, because if you're a fan of the Warriors and you have been for the past 10 years, then you, and you don't have any backstory with the Golden State Warriors, you see what you saw against New Orleans, and you think, this is not what I expected, this is not what I paid for. I'm a Warriors fan. I've been a Warriors fan since 2014, darn it. And this is not what we do. Well, if you've been a fan since 1977, like myself, and you look at that game against New Orleans, you have a little bit more perspective and you say, you know what? This is not what I am hoping for. This is not what I expect. This is not what they expect. But you know what, darn it? They went from being an absolute embarrassment, and Lucas printed out the 60 steps that all happened to lead them to be a laughing stock. And I'm just picking through this, and I had forgotten about all these oh. bad moves in the 70s oh. and the Kevin McHale and, I mean, all the rest of it. If you've been around for a minute, you understand that even if this is who they are this year, it's not okay, oh. but you can tolerate it. They and won I, four I, titles, yeah, dang it. Yeah, yeah. Have and some perspective. Like, I, I I have this conversation with the lovely Christy a lot because she has not followed Warrior basketball to the same level until recently. Now she does because we watch the games together and whatnot. Well, she's not a real big fan of Clay. Not a real big fan of Clay. And I think sometimes she under, she doesn't understand the nostalgia that I have with my Clay takes. And so... Am I going to die real hard at this idea of busting up Steph, Clay, and Dre? Yes. Yes. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to tell you it's rational. I'm not even going to tell you it's the right basketball thing. I'm going to tell you that I don't want the three favorite basketball players I've ever watched play in my entire life to leave. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And there are a lot of Warrior fans like me out there. And yes, it does mean I've been around for a minute. I've been around for a minute. Yeah. And, and, and I have been here for Todd Fuller, okay? And Troy Murphy and all of that stuff. And so this was beyond special. It will never not be special. And sue me if I stick around a little bit too long. And if you stick around a little bit too long and maybe this whole thing is ending this year. Maybe this year is the first of three consecutive bad years yep. where they don't make the playoffs and Draymond and Steph and Clay get old and Steve is here and then Steve is gone. And well, maybe you don't make it back to a championship level for 20 or 25 more years, but I'm with you, Mark. I'm here to watch these three play together and go out together. Even if it means three more years of games like the other night against New Orleans. Um, all right, Steiny and Goo are off today. So normally on Fridays in the crossover we do uh, what's bugging you, but uh, they weren't here. So we're going to pick up our teammates today. It's time for what's bugging you right here on Willard and Dibs. So Dibs, uh, what's bugging you? Well, I mentioned it earlier, and uh, I just want to drive home the point. What's bugging me is Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the playoffs. We don't need a game on Monday night, and I understand with six games, it's hard to do two days of triple headers, but give me two days of triple headers. 
Give me a 10, a 1, and a 5 on Saturday, and a 10, and a 1, and a 5 on Sunday. I don't need Monday Night Football. To me, it's a cash grab that's unnecessary. I like Monday Night Football. I like doing the show with you and being able to talk while you watch the game, and then you talk and I watch the game. And we usually try to trade off plays for those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube. But... I don't need that during the playoffs. I don't want to have, well, this Monday's different. It's a holiday, but I don't want to have to lock in on a Monday night for a playoff football game. That's bugging me, Mark. I hear you. Um, I got one for you on the San Francisco Giants signing of Jordan Hicks. Um, Look, this is a little bit of an odd one because I like Jordan Hicks. If you have no idea who that is, and you probably don't, go check out some highlights. Throws the ball harder than anybody in all of baseball. He's a magician. Um, He's still young. Um, They want to make him a starter. He's never been a starter. Four years, $44 million. Good piece to have. Absolutely. Interesting. Intriguing. Could it work? Sure. But it's emblematic of a larger issue. And that conversation I told you I was having over coffee before the show today ended up being all about trust. The word trust and the San Francisco Giants. And I think they've lost it. And I don't just mean with the fans. I mean within baseball, and it might speak to why they're having such a hard time pulling in free agents. Think about those pitchers who were told they were going to be starters, and they ended up as openers or bullpen guys. And so when you start talking about Blake Snell and Yamamoto, and you finish with a reliever who's going to transition to a starter for a third of the price, I really start to wonder what kind of trust is going on with the Giants inside baseball. Warriors Live is next. The Warriors play the Bulls. We've got you covered right here um, on Willard and Dibs. And that is What's Bugging You, presented by Atco Pest Control. Go to atcopestcontrol.com for all your pest control needs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 